If you keep looking at what everybody else is doing, you'll never really take the time to be you. Yeah, that's really important. I feel like everybody should know this. We get hung up on social media watching everybody else's life and we forget to just live ours. So stop watching what everybody else is doing. Just take the time to be you. I'm just bougie. You don't know me. Visionaries, welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Rebecca Walcott. Today's episode features 23-year-old singer, songwriter, and performer, Nyla Blackman. Nyla is Soka royalty, but she's not just rehashing her ancestors. She pays tribute to her family's musical roots, while also distinguishing herself as an icon in her own right. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this entertaining conversation on Soka and Carnival rebranding, airing out those cast relationship rumors, spilling on the good, the bad, and the ugly of being a female artist in the Caribbean, and her plans for 2021, plus lots more. Also, this is the very first episode that I've launched on YouTube, so be sure to check out our favorite moments from the interview in the link in the description and subscribe. Now let's get started. So beyond the music, you know, the glamour, the the beauty, who is Nyla? Who are you beyond everything that people may see on the outside? If I'm going to be totally honest, I don't exactly know who that is just yet. I was having a conversation with my mom just the other day. I'm like, you know, people put so much pressure on like celebrities, not just celebrities, on everyone. Everyone puts pressure on everyone to sort of like know who you are. And like we don't just yet. But if if I'm just going to talk about my shell of who who I am as well because even though you don't know you still are somebody um I think I'm I'm very fun loving I love to have fun even though I don't get too much because I work (laughs) so hard um I'm very determined like when I set my mind to something that I get obsessed yeah I I'm definitely OCD but not in the clean way but more in the obsessive way (laughs) so um just like anything I want to do in terms of just looking at the finer detail that's me I love I love kids I love to take care of people um I love music I just I love my family they're everything to me and uh, I'm just sort of figuring it out like I'm 23 and I'm just like woo. Yeah. No, and I know, I think people who are naturally very motivated to accomplish things, it's hard to realize like, okay, I could also have fun and, and make mistakes and explore things. And you've had a long journey, even being still so young, you started off doing shows for $500. So in America, that's less than 80 US and it didn't even cover your gas, your clothes, nothing, right? You're just doing this out of love and you did that for over 46 shows. So when you now started making decent amounts of money, 
did that change your perspective on anything did that change your attitude towards music or was it just another way to help build the brand that you're trying to develop I I wouldn't say that it changed my attitude at all but I would say that it did change my it did change my feeling towards music because you know when you don't have things in life like I grew up with nothing like I mean I don't want to say nothing because I I still had things but like my parents didn't have money like I walked to school every day like we washed our clothes by the river we didn't like we didn't have things you know what I mean and uh, as I got more successful and I started having things I didn't want to lose those things that I had. So I always just wanted to keep on working to get those things and to achieve money. That was what I always wanted. And then I I realized that it it changed the way I worked. It, It changed the way I created music because I was just thinking like, okay, well, this has to work. I have to have a hit. I have to do this. I have, you know, like... Before I was doing music, like I love music. Music is my everything. I chill. I I do music. People ask me now, what do you what do you do for fun? And I'm like, music. No, <laughs> that's not the case anymore. And I'm trying to find myself back to that that state. And I think that that's what money did. And it's sad to say, but every artist goes through this. It's I'm not like an anomaly. I, everybody goes through this whereas sometimes success takes away from the artistry because we're so caught up with trying to be successful that we forget to just love like just fall in love with what we're doing going off of that learning more about the brand that you've created for yourself being self-sufficient I want to talk about social media you know Instagram and social media in general is a curated version of yourself right you show people what you want them to see and what you want them to think but there's so much more going on behind the scenes and I feel like you're always someone who I don't see you editing your pictures with no photoshop I just see you posting real content of where you are embracing you know different hairstyles different looks can you talk to me about were you always so body positive and and self-loving or was that something that you've grown into because you do get a lot of scrutiny and you do get sexualized a lot especially being a female artist in in the Caribbean and Trinidad especially I know you talked about how the DJs the promoters all all the creepiness that goes on behind the scenes but I want to talk about you and the fact that exposing your body putting a bikini picture isn't necessarily you doing that for attention I think it's really clear that we need to understand that being confident in your body no matter what shape or size is different from trying to sexualize your content yeah I am I'm so happy that you touched on this because I've wanted to touch on this on my Instagram from time to time but I always said I I didn't want it to look like if I'm responding to a hater or responding to somebody that said something like off about me um but I, I I think that's crazy that women we live in this world where it's like we're just here being ourselves and then somebody is gonna look at us and tell us one that's not real two like they're gonna have the world of shit to say about you and you know the sad part is that it's mostly women you know the sad part is that it's mostly women they're gonna tell you so many different things and it's like why can't you just love why can't you just 
like praise, appreciate, like that's why I make it my business on my social media itself to, oh, like if I, if I think a girl looks good in her picture, I say, oh my God, you look great. Like if I think anything, I'm just going to say it because I don't think there are enough content of that by women um, being said on social media. So to touch on your actual question, yeah, I have not always been this secure in myself, I would say. When I was younger, I was really insecure because I was a dark-skinned girl. I am a dark-skinned girl, and I always had light-skinned friends. All my friends were always girls, your complexion, or lights or other races, whatever. And I was always, like, the Black friend. And I feel like if I, um, I never got the attention that they did, and I always felt less than and uh, only moving into my own space and growing up and not being around those friends all the time. I still have them, but you know, you're not around them 24 seven like you would when you're much younger. And uh, I just started loving me for me. Um, I was obsessed with Nicki Minaj. Like I felt like she was the greatest thing ever. And she's still super dope. But I, I saw her and her thing was like Barbie. And I always wanted to be a Barbie. I would dream about having lighter eyes. I would dream about having bigger boobs or like a bigger ass or just like everything. Like just literally dreaming to be somebody else, lighter skin, everything. And uh, as I grew up, and I think it was a, around the age of 15, like I had this self-realization that, hey, I'll never be this, this thing that like I, I see and I praise like, and it's wrong of me to even praise that because I'm beautiful. And I started to see myself for myself and say, hey, like, this is so great. Like, why isn't this praise more and then I start to see other dark-skinned girls and I was like hey you're so pretty like you know what I mean like where, where's that love where's that self-love and that's really why I wrote the song No Barbie because I realized that even though I will always be a Nicki Minaj fan to die I don't want to be a Barbie I, I just want to be me I just want to be simple all the girls they made of plastic isn't how like society makes you um like hate yourself you know and I started building up this love for myself to a point where I was like holy shit I'm super bad like I think I'm this <laughs> shit like what's going on like, I feel like I every that is you should write a book or something because I like to read it so many girls that you would think are the most confident girls on social media are the most insecure ever and so I think that's why I really wanted to talk to you about this because I'm just really happy and glad that you opened up about that because I think it would definitely inspire a lot of young girls and, and boys and people of all ages to know that, you know, you don't have to look a certain way to feel beautiful. When the music fills you over to a rapid fire question round ready yes what is the biggest misconception about you 
What is the biggest misconception about me? Oh my God. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's good. That's good. That means there's not a bunch of weird rumors circling. What's inspiring okay, you? I know. Oh. I know. That Tess and I were involved. That never happened. Wait, Thank wait. You. I have heard this for months, years, centuries can you confirm that this was not a thing and just let's end it eh? that that's never been a thing come on Cass is like my brother it's crazy that they thought that because I was so young and he had a wife then but yeah moving on moving on next what's one of your favorite song lyrics of yours and can you sing it for me Okay, actually, I, this is actually an unreleased song, but maybe, should I do a song that's released? No, do an unreleased song, that's even better, yeah. Okay. If you keep looking at what everybody else is doing, you'll never really take the time to be you. Yeah, that's really important. I feel like everybody should know this. We get hung up on social media watching everybody else's life, and we forget to just live ours. So stop watching what everybody else is doing. Just take the time to be you. Yeah. I love that. And what training dish could you eat every day? Honestly, all but doubles. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because Dwayne Bravo said the same thing without hesitation, just like you use like doubles. I guess doubles for me too, but I'm just like, I could do doubles or roti. Any of those I could literally eat every day. I need to learn how to yeah. make it actually. All there right, was so a time I actually ate it every day. <laughs> really? I yeah. was I I don't know if this is normal, but I used to think to myself, if I like say I'd get in a fight when I was younger with my mom, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna be a vagrant. What is an effective meal that I could does cost effective that I could eat? And I would always think to myself, hops or doubles would carry me till the end of time. So that was like <laughs> my menu if I was a vagrant and I got kicked out of the house with I, I was a fine child, like that would have never happened. But I was like, hops or doubles, the best prices for a good deal. So yeah, facts. <laughs> okay, so do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents. Um, I think most people know this, but I sew, so like I design and stuff, and I do like decor. I don't think people know that part, but they know that I design, but I sew just because you design don't mean you sew. That shit is patience. So yeah, I would say that's my hidden talent. That's good. That's a wrap. I mean, that say something rips on you going on stage, you could just sew it up. Do you have a sewing kit handy sometimes? You should, <laughs> if you have the skills. I guess I should, but like, I'm like, man, it's solid. <laughs> okay, what's one app on your phone that you can't live without? Pinterest is my app. Like, I actually use that app the most. When I check my screen time, I'm like, okay, you need to live with Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last question. If you were stranded on an island in the middle of nowhere and you could have two people with you, who would you want to be stuck with? I'd want to be stuck with my mom, Abby Blackman, and I want to be stuck with my manager, Anson. And reason is because my mom she's the kind of person that she can make a four course meal out of anything like salt like she could literally make oh she could make like, like you could have sand on the beach and he'd be like she'd be like here's a four course meal. 
Like she can make a forgot me out of anything. Like she's so legit with it. That's how my childhood did not feel like we were having hard times because she was so like good at that, you know. Um, and my manager because he's so practical and he's just very matter of fact. Okay, always have a plan. We're gonna get this done. So he's gonna find a way to get us off that island. That's just the person. He's he has those survival skills, full hundred. I know it. music industry especially in the Caribbean and I actually wanted to bring up Anson because he's been your manager for a while and I know that you guys had this plan where you wanted to make soca an actual genre in an international spectrum so what else do you think needs to be done in order to do so because I feel like COVID has definitely set things back a bit but do you think we're on the right track to get it there? We are definitely on the right track to get it there. And uh, I think what, what we need is we need everybody to be on the same page because a genre cannot bust by one person. I can't bust soca. I need, uh, like myself, and a barrage of other artists doing fire tunes, doing tunes that, like, connect with not just the Caribbean, but, like, worldwide. So we all need to be on the same page in terms of, like, what soca means and what it's supposed to do because I feel like we've let carnival really stare our contents and I think it's a great opportunity the fact that we don't have carnival this year even though we're all sad okay we know we're sad but at the same time this is an opportunity for us to do content that would resonate with people that have never heard about carnival in their entire life so I I would say if everybody was just on the same page like supports in each other, because that's something that is very much lacking, the support from fellow artists um, and from the industry, because we have a sort of fight down crab in a barrel industry. I think if everybody just gets on the same page, we'll definitely be okay, yeah. I think that's an amazing way to think of it, because I was gonna ask you more as, COVID has making everything go downhill, but I never even thought of how important it is so that we don't always hop on the bandwagon of having carnival as an excuse to produce good music. It should never be that case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're very smart because I didn't think of that. And I was trying to (laughs) hit a a hard hitting question and you gave me a, that's a really good answer. Anyway, okay, so wrapping things up, I can't close off without talking about the amazing collaborations you've had. So you did Kess, Shensia, Conscience, Travis Wirral, just to name a few of them. Are there any fun stories you have that you'd like to share about a collaboration you've done or something funny that we could share with the audience that they may not know, maybe something that happened behind the, behind the scenes of a video or prepping to write the video, anything you could share? This is not such a fun story, but I would say like conscience and I like we we've had um from day one he rate me as an artist. So when I first came out with workouts and then I had Baila Mommy, I didn't even do Badish with Chancias yet. I had I wrote I wrote a song and I sent it to Conscience. And apparently, like his manager at the time um told us, yeah, he likes his song and he's gonna do it or whatever. And he was literally like um, he sent back the vocals and the manager at the time was trying to 
like rob us like so he was trying to make us pay for a collab and it was like a whole big fiasco and it was going back and forth and basically like none of us were like talking to conscience we were all talking to this manager and then I met conscience in Tobago when I did the collab with Shantia and I saw him in the tent for the first time and I felt so weird because I'm like here's this guy who I thought like he was I thought he really liked me and whatever and then he didn't want to do this song he was charged us like a whole bunch of money to do this song and whatever 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 and he watched me and he told me he was like um he's like me rate you as an artist like one day we are do a song together like I'm sorry about all that drama that happened with that guy. He's no longer my manager. And um, I'm sorry you had to go through that. And he's like, I always promote the young artists and whatever, whatever. And he says, if it's a promise till I die, like we go and do a song together. And then three years later, we did Slow Wine. So it was like a kind of magical, like I finally got my song with an artist that I really, really love. So um, it was kind of unfortunate, but I really, I love that he held his word. And in the end, like we saw there's something really, really cool together. So yeah. Yeah, and I feel like not everyone, you have such a good dynamic with Anson, like not everyone has that and people have been met even like Rihanna I heard how she had a whole someone who is managing her finances and they like messed up one million so it's like having a good team makes such a difference and it could really make or break you so that's great to hear and I'm glad you had such a great attitude towards it because some people may just be so turned off by that experience and going off of that so with 2021 we have a new year are there any collaborations that you'd love to do this year or in the next five years? Who's at the top of your list? Post Malone is at the top of my damn list. <laughs> Popcorn or Vibes Cartel, like both of them, I'm, I'm, they're high on my list. Techno, I would love to do a song with Techno. Um, and I'd also love to do a song with Miley Cyrus because honestly, she is the reason why I was held that I had to be a superstar. It was because of Hannah Montana. Like, come on, like, I will forever be like Miley. Let's link up. So You've had a lot of great moments, including your BET nomination for Best New International Act, which was epic. Can you talk about what success looks like for you? Because a lot of people can say, oh, success for Nyla would be all her accolades, all her millions of views on YouTube. But what does success embody for you? Success embodies for me. Well, one, I just have to say, is winning a Grammy for Soka, putting Soka on the full-on map, like saying, this is a genre, stamping that never looking back kind of vibe. Like that for me would be the ideal success. But outside of those big dreams, I would say success is making music that I love. Because um, even though I do love my music, I haven't always been making music that I love, love, love. And um, I wanna make music that I love and I'm happy at, and they are successful. Um, that would make that is the ideal success for me because as an artist when you get to share your life with people and then it resonates with them and then they feel like somehow it helps them through the day or something that to me is that's how I feel successful yeah that's great well that's it thank you for coming on this has been so incredible so at the end of every episode I always like to ask 
the guests to plug in any new things that they're working on. So th- do you have any special projects for 2021? Yes. So my next release is actually a song with my brand new artist. I actually took on an artist this year named Sami Ju, and I'm co-managing her with my manager, Anson. So my next release is going to be a collab with she and I, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it and also sharing her with the world because she's super talented. And I think that's the future to bring new artists to the table and let their everything blow up you know farmer is the name of the song so you guys could look forward to that that's great well thank you so much for being on definitely thank you for having me Well, visionaries, thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any streaming platform that you prefer at the link in the description. You can also support this podcast monthly by clicking support at our anchor.fm URL. You can follow me on Instagram at rwalkerxx and be sure to check out my favorite moments from this episode on YouTube at the link in the description. Subscribe and like the video. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and stay tuned for more. Our upcoming conversations include executives from National Geographic and Google as we talk about topics like Black History Month and lots more. So see you next time.